0: Space! The Final Frontier. These are the voyages of the Astro Megaship. It's one season mission to explore strange new worlds that all look the same. To blow up questionable aliens and rescue Zordon. To boldly go where no Power Rangers plot has gone before! Jay, I'm gonna dump you in a
1: wastebasket. I'm astronomer's copious collection of party city wigs, Ashley. And I'm Zane's rocking
0: bisexual energy, Jay.
1: And this is Rangersplain, a podcast where lifelong Power Rangers fan Jay takes me, relative Power Rangers newbie Ashley, through all of Power Rangers. And we finally reach the end of the Zordon era, y'all. <laughs> and it, it didn't suck! suck. Following the events of Turbo, the rangers escape into space and meet Andros, the Red Space Ranger. With restored powers, the team goes through the universe on the Astro Megaship, searching for Zordon and fighting against the team led by the evil Astronema. Meanwhile, Andros searches for his long-lost sister, Corone, but finds out she's much closer than he thinks. There's an actual plot here! Yeah, so that's so unusual for Power Rangers, because, like, you still have, like, the monster of the week kind of vibe. Like, you know, your new monster sent in to fight the Power Rangers, you know, and they get blown up by the Power Rangers. Uh, but then the monster grows, and they use the Megazord to fight it, and blah, 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 blah. You, you know, the same Power Rangers formula, but outside of that... There is kind of an overarching plot with like astronomer and dark specter and the search for Zordon and Andra searching for Corone. And it's coherent. Yeah, like it's actual it's an actual linear plot, which you're like not saying that Power Rangers hasn't done that before, but it's usually it's usually only been like short bursts of like overarching plot
0: like season three had a lot of those it was just kind of like short burst of mi- like a mini series and then you would go on to the next mini like mini uh episode series whereas this one it was like throughout the entire season and it flowed better as opposed I-, I just remember that jumbled mess of trying to get like trying to explain what happened in season three and there was just so much
1: yeah i mean i would say like alien rangers definitely had an overarching plot just due to the kind of whole thing that that series was about you know it was kind of like the first half of alien rangers was alien like the alien rangers shenanigans and then like the second half was the actual zeo crystal um yeah. search but here like again throughout the entire series you do have like an overarching plot of what's like what the space rangers are doing mm-hmm which I feel like it was actually pretty good balance of the the linear plot and like, especially in a syndicated show with the Monster of the Week formula that we've all come to know and love,
0: I guess. <laughs> um, well, I, I guess we love the Monster of the Week, but uh, it it definitely kind of, it, it, it's, it's one of the things where In Spaces has been such a game changer on how it's been. It's pretty much how we're gonna see a lot of Power Rangers to come. It's not gonna be just how it started, mm-hmm. which I, I remember I was describing as kind of like Save by the Bell like episodes where monsters happen to be there and there was just no overarching thing. There's no escalation. Rita just threw monsters at them. Right. And now within space, it just kind of turns to like oh, hey, there's actually something, like, to be ga- – like, the villains are trying to gain something. Right. What are they trying to gain and, like, a mystery to unfold and so on?
1: Yeah, and it, it, in this case versus, like, being, like, saved by the bell-ish, it kind of felt more like, I guess, Star Trek for kids. I mean, I don't watch Trek, so I don't really um, – I'm just going by, like, my, my gleanings from the times I've watched, like, TNG with friends who are watching it or, like, when my parents watched it when I was younger –
0: um, I have to say, as someone who's kind of been raised, I, I want to consider myself a Star Trek fan. I'm not. I'm not even like casual will watch it anymore. Mm-hmm. But like somebody grew up around a lot of Star Trek because my parents liked it. Definitely the bridge and deck and all that has some Star Trek influences. But there's, I think, you know, there's also just influences from other space things, and they they make a hint at it. My favorite line, uh, being from. I forget, like, like, there was an episode, it's just a throwaway line, TJ goes, we're going to the Dagobah system, which is, like, a reference to Star Wars, you know?
1: Yeah, and the, um, I forget what the name of kind of the the mooks are this season. Quantrons. Quantrons. The Quantrons sound like Cylons. Yeah, the old
0: Cylons, not, like,
1: from the new series. Oh, well, even the kind of the new series, like the, the silver Cylons in the new series, not the sexy Cylons. <laughs>
0: Um, <laughs> Not the sexy Cylons.
1: I I mean <laughs> I mean most of the Cylons and the new Cylons in Battlestar Galactica are sexy.
0: Yeah, um, they, they definitely more sexy than those toasters. Anyway,
1: but also like even there's like in a couple of episodes, like the episode with the weird bug. Oh yeah. That one kind of felt
0: a little alien-ish.
1: It did.
0: Yeah. Like it just like infected the ship and everything and they had to fight back against it.
1: Yeah, so and it was not like I know as a kid that would have scared the shit out of me if I had watched it then, but like now it was kinda of, it was kinda of goofy, but also kind of suspenseful and it was like, Oh, this is clearly like their way of writing like something like the original alien movie for
0: children. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of kind of like episodes like that where they would like do weird space horror but for kids Mm -hmm. not a terrible lot but that one like peak comes to mind but there was a couple of like there was a couple of suspenseful episodes yeah i I remember the um body swap one was pretty suspenseful when like astronaut okay this is really weird looking at it in hindsight but astronomer essentially goes on the ship as ashley and there was this kind of like a rescue plot and trying to get out a danger plot going on there uh there was another kind of alien takeover plot with ko 35 survivors they were getting infected by a virus or something so there, there's a lot of that and i
1: think that was another suspenseful one that i was just like
0: oh i mean it the plot
1: only lasted for, like, that part of the plot only lasted for a short time, um, but, like, in one of the Psycho Ranger episodes, uh, when the Power Rangers figured out that the Psycho Rangers knew their voices, and they had to, like, communicate with Cassie to let her know, it's like, they know your voice, don't talk. Uh, so yeah that was like, so good yeah and there's so there's like a 10 minute part of the episode like like probably not even 10 minutes but there's a good chunk of the episode where ashley is literally going around trying to avoid speaking
0: cassie
1: cassie oh sorry cassie is going around trying to avoid speaking
0: yeah, and and like including like having to kind of pantomime an apology and stuff like that and uh, my favorite bit was just kind of like, she was so distraught that she forgot her like shopping bags. And I remember you putting, pointing out, it's like, why'd you forget your shopping bags? And the first thing that she encountered was a stranger giving her shopping bags back and she couldn't like audibly thank him.
1: Yeah. And then there was like some, like, there was also an old man who got mad at her for running into him.
0: Yeah. I will say the shopping bag thing, if this was like a turbo or like. Pal, mighty morphin episode she would have forgotten about those shopping bags they would yeah. have put in that
1: <laughs> uh, also something that you noted about the season is that there's a lot of an overarching theme of kind of nurture versus nature
0: yeah it starts out before you learn about andros uh like and the fact that his kid sister corone was kidnapped when they were children is there's this episode about a bee monster and it was kind of fighting with another bee monster because, uh, essentially this bee monster just wanted to go pick flowers and make people happy. Right. And it was just kind of this whole episode about, you know, are are the monsters really eat, like born evil? Or are they nur- like kind of nurtured into evil? I mean, it. it it's it has said ending the bee monster died but not before like bringing the girl's balloons back.
1: Yeah, those balloons, that balloon thing it was like those balloons are gone. Those balloons would just be gone.
0: Gone. But no, he brought them back because uh you know when he was originally trying to like make himself look bad for the others, he made the balloons go up in the air and he felt really terrible about it. Then it kind of transforms into when you find out Corone became astronomer And kind of like, what made Caron astronomer, you know, was was Corone born evil, and it was, you know, a thing that she would eventually become that. But you just kind of see over time that, no, she was just raised to be evil. And she even, you know, goes through an arc of redemption before essentially getting captured and brainwashed. Yeah, and it's
1: just sort of like, you kind of have that whole thing, especially when like there's a brief period where, you know, she is going by her own again, um, and that, uh, you know, the Power Rangers team got, kind of accepts her back into it, but then she get literally gets kidnapped and gets borgified oh yeah turns it to a borg and it becomes the struggle of like is is she fully evil is she is there no longer any redemption for her or is there is it that it's that luke skywalker moment of like i know there's still good in him
0: or like a kingdom heart moment hearts moment where she lost her heart or whatever the fuck goes on in kingdom hearts
1: yeah you were watching a good enough summary of kingdom hearts again before we (laughs) we recorded (laughs) <laughs> Estratomize corrodes nobody, or something. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know enough. I don't really know enough about Kingdom Hearts to like really weigh in on that one. I don't know either. I've I've been watching a lot of Clone Wars. The so Star Wars is just on the brain.
0: Yeah, but, but it is like that that bit. Uh, and again, it kind of calls back to Star Wars of like I know there's still good in Corone.
1: Yeah, and like he really maintains that even to the point where he thinks that like astronomer has died yeah it's a whole thing where he thinks yeah he accidentally killed her and like through the goodness of zordon and uh andrus's tears she turns back into crone don't think about it too hard it's still power rangers even with like this theme of nature versus nurture Mm-hmm. and uh it's one of those things where, like don't think too hard about it it's space magic it's
0: space magic speaking of space magic let's let's go let's actually start going really into the characters and we're starting out with andros who has no last name or anything he's just andros Yep. and he he is magic because he's space legolas with bad highlights yep
1: oh uh, we we started a whole thing when we were watching uh called we've watched 2020 uh hashtag we've Watch 2020 <laughs> um, where we kind of got really enraptured by the fact that his highlights would just change size from episode to episode and we weren't certain if that was us or if that was really happening.
0: Yeah, that was so weird. I just love your first impression story. Oh yeah, so way before we actually got to in space,
1: this was last year at a uh, ranger stop in Atlanta. So we would have been around. We were probably still dealing with the MMPR stuff when we were recording around then. Yeah, and I think we. I think we had just watched the movie. Um, but anyway, uh, so there was this panel with a bunch of the ranger, like, a bunch of the ranger actors, including Christopher Kamen Lee, and, uh, before, I forget what the whole structure of the panel was, it kind of ended up turning into a bit of a game show, which was really fun, but he went on this whole theory about, like, how Andros was actually evil, I don't even remember the details of it, but basically talking about how like everything Andros was doing had like a must have had a sinister plot behind it, and um, like he must have actually been evil the entire time. And then I just sat, I remember sitting there thinking, I'm like, okay, Edge Lord, whatever. <laughs> and then you actually watch the series, and you're like, wow, Edge Lord. Yeah, it was an extra wow, Edge Lord, whatever. Because I'm like, I'm watching it, I'm like. Andros is not sinister, nor like secretly dark or edge like Batman or anything like that. It's like no, he's he's a nerd who doesn't know how to interact with people.
0: Yeah, which it might be projecting a little, but it's just kind of like it might be the trauma, which we'll get into later. Or could it could be he had like autism or something. He definitely kind of has some autism coding. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see that especially like due to the fact
1: that he's i mean it, you could either read it as kind of the alien coding of like he doesn't understand human ways because he grew like even though he's technically a human from a different planet it's not how anything works yeah so like you can you could either read it as like oh he's just he's from outer space he doesn't understand our earth human ways or you could also read it as like he could understand our Earth human ways, I, but not really, because he's autistic.
0: And I feel like both are valid. Both are valid. Uh, I, I lean towards the other because it's like, you see how Zane interacts with people, and it's it's quite different. I mean, there's some things that I see with Andros that I'm like, okay, he would interact like that because he's alien. Like, what are french fries and hamburgers? Yeah.
1: Um, I think. Well, also, I think a lot of it stems from his own trauma of yeah. Well, first, Karone being kidnapped when they were very young, like I feel-
0: yeah, they were they were like young children, probably like five.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I just remember we saw that, and it's like, what mall did they buy that ball at?
1: Yeah, it was like one of those um. Like, you remember from the mall in the 90s, like, where there were, like, these, like, balls that were kind of made of, like, this plastic, and, like, you kind of, like, contract and expand them? Yeah. And I remember really being fascinated with those when I was a kid, but now seeing them in a TV show where they're supposed to be like, ooh, Spacey, it's like, no, we all played with those at the Earth Store at the mall when, like, 1995.
0: Yeah, pretty much. But, you know, back to the trauma, like, his sister, like, he was young, I want to say, like, five or six when Corona was kidnapped, so he had to deal with that. Then, like, Zane almost died during an invasion of KO-35, so not only did his, like, people kind of, like, disperse out into the universe, their planet was taken over, but Z- Zane is, like, frozen and uh, may recover, andros doesn't know yeah i think a lot of and at at the end you know i hope he gets therapy uh at the end of in space because at the end you know he you know to add to his trauma he kills his mentor figure uh yeah i mean i feel like yeah
1: he's definitely somebody who needs to like spend time just being like talking out his feelings versus like trying to pent them up and be like a loner instead because like you see him, like, as, you do see character growth throughout the season where he learns to open up more and, like, be a friend to the Rangers instead of being, like, you know, like, I work alone.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a big thing. It's and, and it's, like, they don't kind of make it to, when you first see him, you're, like, oh, he's one of those dumb loner types. Mm-hmm. You know, that they're just kind of tech and they are like, I work alone. I don't need anybody. But they actually kind of give him, like, a, you know, he's just kind of so bundled up by tragedy in his life and trauma and having like people he loved disappeared on him i can see why he's like i don't want to get close to anybody because you might die
1: yeah and it's it's nice to see him kind of have that growth with that like asking for help and also kind of like his sort of romance with ashley hmm Obviously, you know, he's not going to have a full self-actualization in Power Rangers. But I feel like he does get closer to understanding the value of teamwork and never giving up. Like, like he's John Cena or something. I don't know. That was bad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And now thinking of Andros watching, like, wrestling and being fascinated by it.
1: Yeah, because I feel like he would definitely, like, not quite... He, it would be, like, that Ron Funches bit about, like, so people have minor disagreements, so they body slam each other, but, like, sincerely. Yeah. Uh, so he'd probably think it's some sort of Earth custom that he doesn't quite understand. Or maybe they have, like, fighting out your problems on KO35, which I'd be interested to read more about. <laughs> oh, my
0: God. But, you know, because of that, like, loner and growing into, like, a friendship... He's more, he kind of more came off as the mentor figure that gave people their powers, as opposed to the actual leader of the group. Because, you know, you can't really lead unless you cohesively, like, have, I don't want to say the corporate word, but synergy.
1: Yeah, and, like, he doesn't, like, he learns to get along more with the other Rangers and work with them, but he doesn't quite have that synergy um, with them. It, le- it grows throughout the series.
0: yeah. So do you want to move on to the actual leader of the team? Yeah, let's, let, that's a good starting point to move on to the actual leader of the team. Fight us on this. Theodore J. TJ Jarvis Johnson. I feel I still feel like that name's a joke, but anyway, <laughs> TJ. <laughs> TJ. Who who as when we were like kind of doing uh coming out with the characters, I, I made the futurama quote of not just an actor, but a full rounded person. With friends and interests, and my own set of a set of keys, like this ki- <laughs> that's kind of what happened to TJ. TJ, when he started out in Turbo, was more or less baseball guy leader dude. Okay, uh, but he kind of just stepped up more to the leader role as Andrus kind of didn't know how to be a leader, and you didn't. You saw kind of more of like he is personable. He knows how to like problem solve with people and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, and, like, especially because he often has to step in to, like, sort of be the mediator um, a couple of times. Like, especially in the episode of Rift and the Rangers, when Cassie and Ashley are having a big fight. Yeah. So he, he like, as you noted, he turns into, like, dad mode, where he's just, like, sit, like, basically sits them down and tells them to sort out their problems, which they... It kind of ends up going like the nuclear option, and they think Ashley is like, I think don't they think Ashley dies or something like that, or she gets kidnapped, yeah. something like that. Yeah. And it, it's it's a very stupid episode, but it was just TJ just being like, like
0: that's it. Sit down, you two. Yeah. You you will you will not get up from these chairs until you solve your problems.
1: Yeah. No dessert until you, you like solve all the pro like solve your issues.
0: I I like kind of how Baseball maybe kind of formed him being the smart one of the group.
1: Right. Because
0: he's the one that kind of develops the strategies and stuff like that that the other rangers, like, kind of depend upon him on, particularly with the psychos.
1: Yeah, like, I remember there's the episode with the psycho rangers where he figures out that, like, if they all dress up as the blue ranger. Yeah. Like, they're going to have a harder time kind of differentiating between them.
0: Though, also, that episode brought us the surprisingly jacked, like shirt in the can moment. Blood, blood.
1: Yeah, so there's this part where like T, where we do see TJ like, like kind of like full body shot or at least like three fourths. I- it was like his shirt was painted on, like he like is surprisingly jacked. <laughs> and like is like wearing this shirt that like does not leave much to the imagination like you could see the outline of his abs
0: we just kept making like virgin andros and chad tj jokes and also like damn you're like finn Balor cut
1: yeah it was ridiculous and it was just like has, has he been like surprisingly jacked that entire time and like we didn't notice until he was wearing an ill-fitting shirt
0: i i don't know I don't want to go back to Turbo and find out,
1: but... No, we we are not going back to Turbo. That is done. That is in the past. That is (laughs) an entire fire behind us, and we are moving on. We are going to burn that bridge of Turbo. Yeah. Like, we gladly... We gladly did so.
0: But yeah, because of that, he... You know, he still... When you first see him, he's very Gryffindor, just, you know, bursts in and heroically saves the day. But he, you know he's you see him because of that like intelligence he develops a little bit more than just being like brave idiot. Mhm. And uh, that Gryffindors often are. Right. And also his like sense of humor is it, it it's developed more than just like I'll lay a snarky line in every now and then.
1: Yeah, so he's definitely yeah, he definitely turns more into like a, a, as he said, a well-rounded person basically versus like, you know, the 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 bold and brave Leroy Jenkins type.
0: Uh, which you kind of say with the other Rangers, uh, but more specifically with TJ, because TJ I felt got a little bit more development, but the others kind of were more like static rock characters to kind of more help build up the newer characters and are already set in their ways. They don't really have, like, character arcs, even though they never got character arcs in fucking Turbo.
1: But at least here it seems like they're actual people versus, like, kind of just pastiches there to move whatever plots were going on in turbo along yeah but yeah and also like you don't really see him like there's no like feud between him and andros over who gets to be the real leader of the team or uh so you don't have like the weird jealousy arc like we did have in like um zeo with jason and rocky punk ass yeah
0: rocky's a punk ass bitch <laughs> Rocky's such a punk-ass bitch. She's like, well, I heard i the leader. It's like, first of all, Rocky, you were never the fucking leader. That was Tommy when you came in. Yeah, so, like, what's your beef, man? I think, like, TJ and Andros have, uh, like, a sergeant and captain relationship. Or, like, yes, Andros is the officer in charge of the unit. But uh TJ, and this is more modern military- TJ kind of more is like the the person that can help execute things.
1: Yeah, so yeah, they definitely did have more of a commander uh exo kinda a uh, role, which was nice to see because like like it's supposed to be that like the Blue Ranger is sort of second in command, but like it's up until this point we've rarely ever seen sort of a, a balance of like first in command, second in command. It's always just assumed leader and nebulous others. Yeah, which with an ensemble show like Power Rangers kind of makes sense, but also is kind of frustrating when talking about team dynamics.
0: Yeah. Speaking of which, we have we have Carlos in a better color.
1: Yeah, so he becomes the Black Ranger this season, and uh, it's definitely a better color on him, and his wardrobe becomes less cursed as a as an uh, after effect.
0: I think it helps that a lot of times they're in the they're in their space uniform. That they wear on the ship, mm-hmm. and because he he still has some cursed outfits when they go back to Earth and like are chilling, but for the most part the costume the wardrobe department doesn't hate him as much anymore. So y- you don't you don't have the Doug Funny outfit.
1: Yeah, R. I. P. The Doug Funny outfit. <laughs> as we noted, like kind of with the other characters this season that aren't Andros. He becomes more well-rounded, but there's not really an arc to tie him down the way same way there is for, like, TJ or um, even, like, I know, Ashley and, well, Cassie doesn't really get one either. But definitely in this season, you see that he's a more serious person than the rest of the team. Not to say that he can't have his goofy moments, but he definitely ends up being kind of more of, like, I wouldn't say team dad, just more of, like, team straight man. Yeah especially to the rest like shenanigans or emo moments
0: yeah he's he's kind of more or less that straight man people play upon
1: yeah um he did get a good like well he had a couple of central episodes this season and one of one of the good ones was actually an episode where our our beloved adam returned
0: we were so happy to see adam even though his hair was terrible
1: oh his hair was so bad poor johnny
0: but at least he wore it in the bandana most of the time, so we didn't have to like view it.
1: Yeah, um, and so that episode was interesting because it had this
0: whole plot where I think it was he accidentally uh, attacked Cassie because of uh, the monster was switching people, like switching places with uh, a ranger. Right, so. right,
1: and I remember that. I just I was trying to remember if it was Cassie or Ashley.
0: I think it was Cassie.
1: Yeah. So. Like, he, he accidentally hits Cassie because of this ranger swap. And, like, for the entire, for most of the episode, he feels like that he's failed the team and that he's not good enough. And, like, so Adam kind of helps him through that, like, with, you know, extra training and all of that fun stuff. And then uh definitely kind of emphasizes that, oh, you know, old ranger powers do still kind of exist on the morphing grid because he is able to change into, like, you know, the, the black, um, uh, mighty Morphin ranger but uh not for very long because the the power coins damaged
0: yeah it could have killed him
1: yeah but it didn't because this is power rangers yes and so but i felt like that, that episode was a good balance compared to like the weird gaslight
0: soccer episode oh god that was so weird in turbo because it was just kind of like yeah it just felt like the entire team started gaslighting Carlos over the fact that some guy tripped, yeah, and it well like
1: he wasn't anywhere near him and like it was a good way to kind of explore like Carl like the way Carlos takes things seriously and his guilt without like it turning into like Cassie blaming or gaslighting him for what happened
0: yeah, in fact, like the ser this like I it was mostly Carlos kind of getting wrapped up in it because like when they were in uh, their version of Sick Bay, you know, Cassie was up. She just kind of had a, you know, sprained elbow or something. And she's she act- she was like, "Carlos, you know, you're okay. You know, I forgive you on that."
1: Yeah, the, like it's understanding that these things happen. We're in battle. Like it's not going to be like I'm not going to hold it against you. Yeah. Though, like, besides, like, there's that good episode, and then there's this bizarre episode.
0: So, like, I just remember us watching, and we're like, okay, this so far is stupid, and it just turns.
1: Okay, so the episode is Carlos on Call. And, oh my god. So, basically, the episode starts out with, uh, Carlos is playing WWF superstars. At the like surf shack, which is now like I guess like the youth center got bought out, and this is now the central hopping place in town. And so he's like he's playing the video game, and then he meets this girl Sylvie, who uh is the daughter of one of his teachers from like either middle or high school. They don't really say just that, you know. She like 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 this this she's a kid of one of Carlos's teachers that we have never seen before because there's only one they can only pay for one teacher at a time. Yes. And so, so he's playing the video game and then he gets a call that he needs to, you know, leave for ranger things. Uh, But there's no, no place he can change except a photo booth. And the photo booth goes off while he's like morphing. So it clearly shows him becoming the black ranger. And Sylvie finds this and decides that she's going to use it as prime blackmail material. So that way she can have a power ranger with her do whatever she wants. And it's also, so, it's like, it starts off, like, okay, so Carlos is getting blackmailed by, like, a five-year-old. Because Sylvie's not that young, so her version of blackmail is getting Carlos to hang out with her and take her to, like, uh, like an amusement park.
0: Yeah. So, you know, it starts out, it just starts out like a turbo plot. And it's just like,
1: okay, this is stupid. And then finally Carlos gets frustrated and yells at her. And she gets sad obviously because an adult has yelled basically an adult even though carlos is like 18 yeah yelled at her and then you find out that uh she had moved like i forget how they find this out
0: ashley was like yeah ashley if they don't explain how i found it out ashley just kind of goes up to carlos like he really shouldn't have been ma- ma- mad at her and Carlos goes on a rant, and Ash is like, I'm going to take you somewhere, and they just wind up at the, like, doctor's office.
1: Yeah, so as you find out, Sylvie's family had moved to Angel Grove because her older brother was sick. And Angel Grove apparently has the best medical staff to treat his, to treat his illness. And not only did her brother get sick, he died!
0: Her brother <laughs> Fucking died. (laughs) And then just kind of just like... Her brother's dead now. In all dramatic form. And we're like... What? Yeah, we were just sitting there like... What the fuck just happened?
1: Like... We're seriously dealing with a dead brother now? And so it
0: it inspires
1: Carlos to be a much nicer person.
0: Yeah. My favorite bit was like... Like right after we're like... Oh my god, what the fuck? And they show the picture of the kid and everything... They show Sylvia at his grave.
1: Oh, it was so bad. And it
0: was like, there was no need for this level
1: of escalation. Like, I feel like you could have had, like, the sick brother in the
0: hospital. Like, maybe in a coma or something. Yeah, but you didn't have to have him just be fucking dead. Like, that's that's nice
1: to, you know, tell your kids. Yeah, great, cool, wow. I mean, yes- death is inevitable we should talk to kids more about death that is not i am in full agreement here with caitlin Doty on this subject but maybe not in power rangers just have this plot that goes from like zero to 60 real quick about like <laughs> a girl who like blackmails carlos into like having like go, taking her to the like be her adult supervisor at a fun park to she's doing this because her brother is dead <laughs>
0: Like what dark fanfic writer who's like ed- who's an edgler teenager did they get that idea from? Oh my god, it was, and then the episode ends
1: in the stupidest way possible.
0: Neil <laughs> <laughs> deGrasse Tyson would have died of a heart attack seeing this episode. Uh, Not just from the moon rock bit. I just remember I was sitting in the episode. I will get to this later, and I'm like, wait for the ending, wait for the ending, and you're like, this can't possibly get worse, and then you saw the end, and you're like, fuck this episode.
1: And as soon as they were just like, because basically, Sylvie wanted a moon rock, because um, her and her brother were going to become astronauts together, and go into space, and all of that like stuff. And so she asked for a moon rock, and Carlos brings her back a moon rock, which again, it's like those would be super jagged there's a reason that all of those moon rocks that we do have on earth are like displayed behind glass and very carefully handled by nasa scientists though i think there was some moon dust that was incorporated in al bean's like paintings of the moon i'd have to double check about that but anyway uh so and then he's just like you know what i got something better than the moon and like and as soon as i like, knew that i was like no no don't don't do this don't do this show don't do this and then he literally takes her out into space on his like glider and she has no form of protection i might add like she's not wearing the ranger suit or anything like that uh, he's taking her through space <laughs> on this fucking glider and i'm just like <laughs> why why is this happening this episode hates everything about me yeah it's just like oh my god and it's like it was it was a turbo level episode except for the fact i feel like turbo would
0: have like had the gall to kill off this kid's brother turbo but like his like her her, her, like the brother would have been captured by diva talks and tickled or something yeah, or like,
1: you know, the brother probably still would have been sick, but they probably would have just made had him in the hospital with like sort of vague I made mean, like they would they would make it sound like leukemia or something like that, but they would never say. They again in this episode they never say what he was sick with, so it's kind of implied cancer, but they never say it was cancer.
0: He just dies.
1: He's dead. He's already dead to begin with. <laughs> the brother was dead to begin with. <laughs>
0: um but yeah it's just just, Carlos was oddly just kind of one of the rare male characters that didn't get much he had a few episodes that was one of them uh the other one was kind of the weird grandma episode with Ashley that I think was to like tank the whole idea that Carlos and Ashley were getting together and like you had one episode in turbo about that and then you never followed up on it what the fuck
1: yeah so it's like nobody was wondering about this but like that episode was kind of hilarious just because ashley's grandma ended up being a total baller yeah um like her grandma at one point literally steal like beats up a cop not not hard but like hits a cop knocks him out and steals his car to try and rescue ashley
0: yeah and take out a monster it's like and I'm like, you know that cop is like, I got beaten up by grandma. I was laughed out of the precinct.
1: Yeah, pretty much. And it was just like, wow, okay, like, weird grandma strength just being like, I'll fight a cop, I'll kill t- his car to run over a monster, I don't care. But yeah, speaking of Ashley, let's talk about Ashley. She she wants that space dick. Yeah, so a lot of her thing this season is her being super into Andros and then they they kind of start dating, but not really because it's Power Rangers, so they're not really going to have, like, focus on a relationship.
0: Not until later seasons.
1: Yeah, so, like, yeah, she definitely wants that space dick.
0: Yeah, as soon as, like, she sees Andra, she's like, hi, I'm Ashley, and then later when Andros kinda walks away from the group, the group just makes fun of her for it.
1: I think it was Cassie who's just mostly like,
0: Oh, I'm Ashley. <laughs> like like Cassie was like, oh, you want that dick. And it's like they didn't
1: like really I I feel like I wish there should have been more roasting of Cassie last season for wanting to get with a Phantom Ranger. Um <laughs> <laughs> We will get to that in just a second. But, anyway, so... But, yeah, that was most of what she got in this season, was that, like, uh, she's kind of, like, the... Like, she's got this romantic interest in Andros. And
0: Andros was, you know, later becomes interested in her, like, you know, gets her a present, asks what she likes from people and stuff like that, you know?
1: Yeah, so, like even though it's like kind of a weird like nebulous place where it's like it's power Rangers they're not really gonna explore romantic relationships that much
0: they actually put effort into it versus like tommy and cat yeah and i will say it's like you're gonna be surprised with romantic relationships and power Rangers later mm-hmm. particularly in time force where they actually do like one of the season uh plot it does revolve around a romance okay so you know so it actually you know they do get better at this but yeah Cat T- and tommy was just like they're together we don't explore it more whereas like andros and ashley more or less were like kind of to explain it in a universe i think it's like they they kind of were testing the waters but also like shit's real right now mm-hmm. uh with zordon missing and the whole like astronomer being andros's sister so, you know, let's not, like, go full force on this and maybe wait till after this is over. Which I think, I was thinking, like, I think that's kind of the implication at the end where, like, Andros and the others go back on the ship. Is now that they can
1: actually kind of live a life and, you know, I think the, the implication is that they're still Power Rangers. Yeah. But, you know, they can actually kind of, like, live a life and not have to worry about, like, fighting Dark Spectre and his various minion forces yeah i will say though they do kind of have like a, a jealousy episode with like Zane like shortly after Zane is revived and like where Zane is super flirty with ashley and like uh andros gets jealous about it even though like uh, all they're literally all they're doing is flirting yeah like there's no implied relationship or anything like that and it's sort of just like Oh, my God, get over yourself and ask her out or talk out with your buddy. Like, yeah, Zane is supposed to be like his best friend.
0: Yeah, that was just kind of like it was kind of a weird episode uh, of the like fight over someone thing. And it does get resolved. Zane ends up saying like, you know, she spent most of the time asking questions about you.
1: And he's just like, really?
0: And it's like, yes, you
1: dumbass. She is into you for some reason. She's,
0: She's into your weird Legolas hair. There was also kind of that, like, when they, that kind of cabin fever when the, rain like, with Cassie just kind of, like, I like that, you know, her and Cassie kind of feel like they worked on having a relationship instead of, like, we're best friends because we're the two girls. Yeah, so, like, they don't stop being
1: friends, but there are definitely times when they do, they do kind of come to blows with each other, specifically the Rift and the Rangers episode, Um, because, like, uh it's implied that they kind of have like a a chore wheel in the on the astro mega ship where like one ranger will be responsible for one particular task and cassie was getting very frustrated that um with especially with ashley that it seemed like ashley was slacking on her tasks and adding on more work for um for cassie to do
0: yeah yeah
1: Um, so that, like, so that kind of creates a a conflict in the episode that they resolve by the end of the episode, even though it kind of comes from a trauma place to resolve it, but instead of, like, you know, actually talking it out.
0: Yeah. Like I said, she's just kind of romance, romantic interest, and that's kind of all she was given this season. Yeah, unfortunately
1: she didn't get a whole lot, like, there were some character episodes for her, like, the episode with her grandma and all that, but otherwise there was not and also like the body swap episode but other than that like she doesn't really have like a major character arc beyond her like romantic interest in andros
0: which kind of brings us to cassie her biggest thing was she kind of she's more of a gryffindor this season because when we first see her in turbo the main note of her was she was cowardly she was like i don't know tj why are we doing this yeah, and then, so, but this episode, like, this season
1: she does kind of become a little bit more brave, and not to say that she was a coward, like, the entire, like, uh, season of Turbo that she was in, but, like, you, you see her be more of kind of a bold and brave person, um, instead of just running away from conflict. She,
0: she really had, she had some character episodes, uh, the, or one of the earlier on kind of more Turbo-esque episodes that really stuck in our mind was the Diary episode, which was- a weird reference to of mice and men right because the characters were named like george and lenny and like lenny didn't speak much and stuff and i think george was his mouthpiece So it was just kind of weird yeah
1: so it was oh, that was interesting and i was like and they the reason that they wanted to make sure that they like they kept her diary away besides the fact it's a big breach of fucking privacy to like steal a girl's diary and then blackmail her into like dating your friend, which she ends up really liking, like George, because apparently he's a super sweet guy. But then they never like touch on that again. Yeah, Lenny
0: and George go away.
1: Yeah, it's it's the you know the typical Power Rangers thing of like these people show up for one episode and then just never are never seen again. But yeah, and so because the, but the reason she has to get her diary back is because there's a photo of her in there as the Pink Ranger and that's bad because we don't want people to know our civilian identities. Yes. Uh, so not that different from Carlos on call, but it does not have a, a shocking plot twist of like the dude has cancer or something like that.
0: No, it's just it's like Lenny was just kind of shy. Yeah. That's all it was.
1: Yeah. Um she's also the the central ranger in the the previously aforementioned B episode. Yeah. And so she's the only one to kind of see that like hey, this bee monster is actually a super nice guy and i think he's just like he wants to be good which i i think speaks a lot to cassie's character of her not wanting to really jump to conclusions on that yeah she's still extremely snarky as we mentioned with the like hi i'm ashley bit from when like they meet andros
0: but ashley should have roasted her back over the phantom ranger
1: yeah which they like they mentioned the phantom ranger like once like he shows up twice this season they only bring up the romance plot once and then it's like dropped entirely and then the ashley has barely any like not ashley cassie barely has any
0: like character development after that yep so woo. write women better i mean i mean we're, we're starting a little better writing of women but it's just kind of like okay you got a romance option you didn't do much with the other
1: yeah so that was fun yeah, unfortunately, there's not a whole lot to say about Cassie this season, uh, which is unfortunate. Uh, so I guess move
0: on to Zane. Zane, big bisexual energy, Zane. I I I put in the notes he was Andros's wounded uh, boy in parentheses friend. So Zane is our sixth ranger of the season. He's the silver
1: ranger. Um, he's also from Ko thirty five like uh, Andros. Uh, he gets. Better after he's like revived uh in this whole like mr freeze situation where like andros just kept his body on ice for like two years yeah and like he he's not around as much as say like the um uh, as other sixth rangers and i wonder if it was just a case of like how much sentai footage they had of the silver ranger there versus like how much time they had of like zane on set yeah uh, he's, like, he's actually a pretty fun character. Uh, he's very mischievous. Uh, as Jay put in all caps, he's got big bisexual energy.
0: But he's also, like, on top of the mischievous, he's a, he's also a very serious person. Uh, he was definitely more of a people person than Andro's, got along well with the team when he first came about, and then ends up becoming, like, a resistance leader for the KO-35 resistance. Yes. And that's kind of where he kind of makes his like he'll show up on occasion to help out in battle but he's not on the ship uh he's not on the astromega ship because he's mainly dealing with K- the ko 35 thing yeah
1: and like they're briefly he does briefly have a romance with astronomer. it gets touched on like twice or so
0: yeah it's like it's like you had the episode where like they tried to date Funny enough, I, I, I remembered, like, they had a, like, the boys went to go see a dumb action movie, and I forgot what its name was, but it was obviously a Dumb Action Movie, and the girls were like, let's see Star-Crossed Lovers, and I'm like, oh my god, that is way too over the head for what's going on in this fucking episode.
1: Which I think they end up, and the boys actually end up seeing the movie with the girls, and actually really liking it.
0: Yeah, it, it was one of those, the girls got to pick the movie, those yeah. time, so... And
1: then like Andros finds out later, and it's just like, uh, it's, I don't know if it was a you dated astronomer or you dated my sister.
0: I think I was like you dated my sister, and I was like I didn't know she was your sister. Mix with like yeah, she kind of dumped me at the end of it because I was late because of ranger duties because of like Ecliptor found out about it. And he was like fuck that. Yeah,
1: it was real dumb. And I'm like it would have been fun to explore that more, but you know, it's Power Rangers. They're going to like have a plotline for two episodes
0: and then quickly drop it. Um <laughs> we, we might, you know, that's something that maybe like a fanfic thing could be written on is uh Zane and Astronomer. But yeah, he was
1: yeah, he was definitely a fun character that we wish was around more, especially like his mischievous personality especially came in a lot in that episode where he'd gotten like injured or something like that or he um it
0: it had to do with it had to do with his powers only because of the freeze only lasted for like five minutes or something
1: right so that was like a very short clock of when he would actually turn into a power ranger so they were trying to figure that out like him and alpha were trying to figure that out and then like it kind of got this weird game of telephone where like cassie overheard it and thought that he was dying and so she told the rest of the rangers and so like the rest of the rangers for like most of the episode thought he was going to die. So they were just trying to get him to not do things. And then they find out later that he was like but he like he realized that and was just like oh I'll just get them to like you know I'll do that to get out of like doing chores. And then like they find out later get mad at him and then they make him do like all of their make him do all of their chores. Yeah. It's just like, you know what? I feel like that's fair.
0: <laughs> there was a lot of, like, comedic moments like that. And, and his, his fucking dune buggy. His fucking dune buggy, which I think gets recycled in, like, Lightspeed Rescue. I wouldn't be surprised. We'll, we'll find out when we get to Lightspeed Rescue. But, but speaking of a fun time, we have Alpha 6 and Deka as, like, a kind of a funny robot comedy duo.
1: Yeah, so, um, I would definitely say, like, besides having Dekka to kind of play off of, um, Alpha 6 this season, there's a real improvement came when, like, um, when they had to put in a new voice for
0: Alpha 6. Yeah, that, that, that was such a great moment of, like, yeah, we fucked up with Alpha 6.
1: Yeah, so, basically, like, Alpha's get, like, Alpha's, like, voice chip gets, like, like damaged on the ride up to space and like when he gets repaired they're like andrews is like oh i can only put him back to his original voice and they're uh, basically they're like that's fine don't worry about it uh but real immediately we were just like wait we know that voice and you probably would know that voice too if you've watched any dubbed anime in like the past 30 years and uh alpha is actually voiced by wendy lee yeah and so uh alpha becomes versus like being like the obnoxious racist character that alpha was last season alpha six this season kind of becomes more like alpha five and was like very kind of cutesy and like a little precocious but also worried and like wendy lee did a very good job of playing kind of close to um i think it was was it barbara goodson who originally played alpha five i think so yeah, so very close to that original Alpha 5 voice, but kind of with her own spin on it. And ends up making Alpha 6 more a more en- endearing character. Like, we weren't, like, dreading any time that Alpha 6 came on screen.
0: In fact, uh, one of the one of the moments that really has caught us, and has still caught us, is when uh, Ashley, and, uh, basically, up a- to Ashley and pretends to be her on the ship. And it was Ashley's birthday, so Alpha Six just comes up and, you know, presents her with a gift that's this precious moments figure. And uh, precious moments ish. Ish figure. It, it was pretty much some cheap crap Saban bought for a prop. Yeah. But, you know, it, it was kind of like this very enduring, sweet thing that Alpha Six did for her birthday, and Astronomo, like, after Alpha Six goes away, throws it into the garbage chute.
1: Yeah, and it was so distressing cuz it's like oh no. Like we're just like did 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 they get that back? Like did did does Ashley find out about that? And like does Alpha find out about that? And it's like we were just we were so destroyed and distraught over this fucking like stupid like cheap porcelain figure that like your grandma would get you for your birthday and like but it was like clearly alpha really cared and like got thrown in the garbage like fuck you astronomer oh uh, so bad and like dekka oftentimes like dekka's kind of just the, the voice of the ship but she actually ends up being very snarky
0: yeah i remember when you first like were hearing deck like tech De- some of dekka's lies you're like i love dekka
1: yeah, Decca is pretty great, and even though like you know, there's not like a whole like focus on Decca as a character, she ends up kind of being like a good like side character, especially riffing with Alpha Six. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, we we definitely enjoyed kind of that combo of Alpha Six and Decca as kind of like technical support. I guess is a good term for that.
0: Yeah. As opposed to, like, the last season where we had Demetria and Alpha Six's old form.
1: Yeah, which was just, that was just a headache. Fuck Turbo. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like not having a central mentor figure this season kind of, like, improved things a lot. Because you don't have somebody giving out, like, arcane riddles to try to help them solve their problems.
0: Or, like, be a jerk and was like, I didn't mean to deprive you of a normal life. Well, what? You made me a Power Ranger, you fucking floating head! Yeah, like, what were we supposed to do with that? Like, we can't do anything because we have to constantly be on call! We'll, we'll get to Zordon in a few short moments. But let's, uh, this is the last time we'll see Bulk and Skull as a duo. Yeah,
1: and they're they're mostly in the series for the first half and then in the second half of the series they kind of disappear a little bit yeah they're still in the main credits like credited um as characters but then for like but in the second half of the series they may show up in like every third or fourth episode
0: yeah and their their gimmick this season was alien chasing because they just kind of saw a ufo through their telescope so they had to go talk to it basically uh, somebody studied aliens, and they found it uh, as an eccentric old coot, essentially. Yeah, and that's kind of their 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 slick. This episode is they just kind of run around with Professor Phenomenus and uh, look for aliens, and I kind of have a theory at least for Bulk, cause Skull, I I think is still a dumbass like, completely through and through, mm-hmm. that Bull kind of just kind of kept around, uh, Professor Phenomenus because he realized, like, oh, this man, this old man's, like, fucking lonely. Yeah, so, yeah, and it's
1: so, it did, it did definitely feel like they were just hanging out with this guy, because he was just kind of a lonely old man, and they're, they're softies.
0: Yeah, but I, I'm wondering if the chimp thing made them dumber, because I, I just remember, like, what was it? The episode where like Professor Phenomenus makes something that can turn things evil, and he puts it on a toy. Yeah, we just we can't make it Simpsons jokes, because <laughs> it's just like, oh, see, it's sent here to evil, not good. <laughs> and also, it's like you could have yeeted that thing, just picked it up and gone yeet.
1: Yeah, instead so they're running from it, like it's gonna run them over or something like that, and it's like you guys are so dumb. Uh, Skull especially is the dumbest.
0: Yeah, Skull- Skull is just the biggest dumbass of all time in that season, Uh, so. Poor Skull. But, kind of their biggest character moment in terms of, like, the payoff for Bulk and Skull was the I Am Spartacus moment at the end of the series. Because, like, when you- when you had- when you first saw Bulk and Skull, it was Fat Guy and Parrot Bullies who were just kind of there to be like- Oh, look at these dweebs and get their comeuppance! Like they—they they didn't have much to them, and over time they've grown and everything, and are still kind of dumbasses. But they're—they're they're enduringly sweet dumbasses now. Now spend their time with an old man who like runs around and chases aliens, and the like. When Astronema demands who to see the Power Rangers so she can destroy them, and of course nobody knows who the Power Rangers are bulk is the first one to stand up and goes i am the red ranger and then skull follows follows suit with saying he's the blue ranger and stuff like that i was just saying that i i thought
1: it was actually a very sweet moment um especially with like the when everybody else in the crowd joins along yeah and it's in the i the i am spartacus moment is such a trope in media now um but it's something that always kind of like gets me like gets me and kind of like where i live um especially because like one of my favorite instances of it is actually in uh to Wong food thanks for everything julie newmar where everybody at the end is like i'm a drag queen just to try to protect the queens in the in, that came through the small the small ass town in like the middle of nowhere and, and this was such a great moment for bulk and skull and just sort of like to see their character growth from like point a and like Season one of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers to now.
0: Yeah, it was, it's kind of because, like I said, uh, you see Bulk in Lost Galaxy, but Skull gets written off. You actually, Skull gets written off kind of stupidly. He basically oversleeps uh, going into, going on the, going to meet up with Bulk and Phenomenus for the space colony. But they still actually, like, give a. Skull wasn't just like, and then he went to a farm in upstate New York and was never seen again. No, they actually like just they, they actually gave some sort of a, a thing, and I think that was a good kind of final send off for Bulk and Skull in the main Zordon era. I mean, bulk and Skull still are characters, like I said, in space still has Bulk They're They show up as part of the Wild Force, uh, Forever Red. And then you actually see um, what happened to them years later in Samurai. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not like Bulk and Skull will forever leave, but it's this was kind of their last time as a duo. And that, I think, really was a great moment. Yeah,
1: I mean, especially known in the context where, where they weren't certain if this was going to be the last season of Power Rangers or not, so they kind of acted like it was. Yeah. And so it... I feel like if, you know, if you put it in the context of like if the if the last episode of In Space is gonna be the last episode of Power Rangers ever, you do leave off on a good point where Bulk and Skull have grown as people and aren't just there to like relentlessly mock the Power Rangers or whoever the Power Rangers are. Like they 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 do see the Power Rangers' true identities and are just like, huh, okay.
0: Instead of just being like, Dweebs! <laughs> Yeah, Bulk does say, those dweebs are the Power Rangers? Like, he was surprised and still called them dweebs, but kind of in a more, like, affectionate way. Yeah. Not like, nerds!
1: Yeah. Uh, It it doesn't become, like, that fucking moment from, like, The Simpsons, where, like, Bart is, goes to ballet class and then dances with a bag on his head because he doesn't want anybody to make fun of him. And then, like, everybody in the crowd is, like, like, positive uh, reception to it. And then he's like, "Finally, I can show my true identity," and reveals that you know it is I, Bart Simpson, who did that dance. And then everybody in the crowd starts making fun of him. Yeah. So, and because of that, I am Spartacus moment, they're there when Elgar dies, and they cheer like we did when Elgar dies.
0: Ah, uh, thank God. But let's let's talk about uh, Professor Phenomenus real quick. Uh, he was just an old coot that had like chased aliens and weird inventions. In fact, my favorite moment. Of the weird inventions was, uh, Bulk shows up to actually, like, help some people, thinking he has, like, this ray gun from Professor Phenomenus, this is, like, the end of it, and he's like, aha, step back, monsters, and I just remember going, like, that's clearly a toaster weapon, what the fuck, and uh, Professor Phenomenus is like, that's no weapon, Bulk, that's my new
1: toaster! Yeah, and look, the bread pops out of it and everything, and, I, and for a second, I'm like, that's a, f- I was also like, that's a toaster Like, did they just make, like, a prop gun and just put a toaster on the end of it? And it's like, oh, no, it's actually a toaster.
0: But, yeah, you would go on weird adventures with them and and just seem to enjoy, like, the company that Bulk Skull gave him. But he did show up as, like, a big thing in one of the... Actually, the Diary episode, this was the B-plot. He had this big energy invention uh, that would have been great if it weren't for the fact it was unstable and full of, like plutonium radiation or something
1: yeah it's so like there's an entire thing where like cassie and uh it was george lenny what the guy she was on the date with like get trapped in the room and like there's like the radiation like basically the, like it's a radiation core that's about to like explode and they're like we are just like they would be dead by now this would be a chernobyl situation where if they're that close to radiation
0: they should be dead i mean it's just like i didn't like the fact that they're like let's put this unstable new energy thing in the middle of a skyscraper like in the middle floors of a skyscraper that's not smart angel grove is not full of smart is is full of dumb people clearly Um, someone who's
1: not dumb, though, uh, would be Adele, uh, Adele Ferguson, who is the new owner of, um, I guess the main central youth center surf
0: shack kind of place. Um, she, one thing we do know about her is she actually, like, just kind of watching from it, is not only is that place a very happening restaurant, but she actually knows of the front of fucking business, because, you know... The only time her business was in distress was her delivery ban got stolen by a bunch of chop shopters that Andros kind of fell into. Yeah. And that was resolved by the end of the episode. Other than that, she was like, oh, guys, I'm in the red. We need to save the, 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 the surf shack like we would with Ernie uh, or whatever. Or like with um, Lieutenant Stone with him being like, man, what's going on with this business? I'm trying to save it. And it's so in the red. Yeah, so there's
1: not. Yeah, they definitely don't have the same any of those same plot lines this season of like, oh, this person doesn't know how to run a business and they have to like you know struggle to get it like on its feet. It's like no, like the worst that happens is like her van gets stolen, um, and she apparently she makes the best fries.
0: I think this is because the Jesus clause was taken out of the youth center.
1: Yeah, so the Youth Center, it's obviously the set, like, the same set that they use for the Youth Center, but, like, kind of the implication here is that the Youth Center got bought out and is, like, it's still, like, a central place in Angel Grove for people to go, but it is not, like, the same, it's not the only place that people can go to do things.
0: Yeah, like, you actually see other restaurants and in space and stuff, and actually, uh, when Andros and Ashley are out on a date once, they actually... Ashley goes like, oh, you want to go to the new sushi place?
1: Yeah, so, and we couldn't figure out if, like, they had just eaten or if she was getting picked up. Yeah. Yeah, the, the set there was not that very clear. And also the thing about Adele is that she's not, she's a funny person, and that, I think that has a lot to do with her actress. I think her name's Aloma Wright. Uh, she also played Laverne on Scrubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's a very funny actress, and, like, she brings, like, a little bit of comedy to Adele, but Adele's not there to be a comic relief, uh, which is a, it's just a big sigh of relief because, like, it's a, definitely she's a larger black woman. Yeah, like, playing comic relief with that is a very fine line that most people should not walk.
0: And Power Rangers would normally walk it and fail. yeah. Yeah. So, but no, they they they
1: show some some restraint here, and uh, so while Adele is very funny and she's very like you know snappy and knows how to run a business, um, and she's still mostly relegated to being a minor character in this regard, but she is not there to be laughed at, which is like, what? We we uh, do we have some progress with this show? Maybe yeah and also i i think i just mentioned it but yeah apparently she makes the best fries and is very proud of the fact that she makes the best fries
0: i want adele's fries now
1: yes same um so that's sort of it with like our, our good guy characters so uh i guess let's go over our villains which there are many this season thanks dark specter thanks a lot um so our main one that we've talked a lot about already is Astronomer a.k.a. Carone,
0: who is Andress's kidnapped sister. Yep. We find that out kind of midway through the season uh, about what, about the situation. And you you find out she was kidnapped by Darkonda and raised by Ecliptor.
1: Yeah. Which um, is it it kind of like, this is how we started our whole, like, um and we'll talk about this more with a clip during Darkonda but that's how we started our whole theory that they're like exes yeah especially with the way they act around each other but also their shared history with um with Astronema. and like especially when you find out that like Darkonda kidnapped astronomer. what was my response my response was ah yes the old interview with a vampire method <laughs> Because, like, you know, and like I, I haven't actually read or watched Interview with a Vampire, but I at least know that, like, Lestat, like, you know, kidnapped and turned a child so, like, him and Louis could raise, like, uh, was it Louis or Louis? I don't know how to pronounce it. Again, have not read it, but I do know the fact that, like, there was a literal child that was kidnapped and turned into a vampire, so, like, these two vampires could raise this child together, but sure, Interview with a Vampire's not gay. <laughs>
0: Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, when you first meet her, she's kind of, like, totally evil and everything. Uh, You know, like, Dark Spectre is the one that tasks her to, like, chase after Andros and everything and make sure that them draining Zordon goes without a hitch. And she's, she's kind of like the new up-and-coming ruler, like Rita and Diva Talks were just catty about her and everything. And she kind of showed, I think she kind of did a threatening move that kind of showed, like, no, I'm in charge of this situation. And then when you learn more about what's going on with her, and she learns more about what's going on with her, mm-hmm. she starts to kind of turn good back into Corona and starts to question a lot of things. That is until um, when they go take over the fucking, I forgot the name of the palace that they were in, the the weird fortress. Mm-hmm. Um, they went to go take over and possibly destroy Dark Spectre. It fails and, and, and Strana, Kron gets basically Borg, turns into a Borgified Astronema and made to be devoid of all good that was Coron and completely evil.
1: Yeah. Um. So she does turn into kind of the more nature versus nurture story because of that cuz there's this you know basically it's the whole like she was turned evil and raised among evil instead of being straight born into evil um so it kind of becomes it, this is where the whole you know Darth Vader uh, sister plot line comes in i almost said Darth Vader boyfriend but not the same Ew. thing no but you know the, you, you, for after andros realizes that astronomer is Corone. like he kind of has like this whole thing for the rest of the season of like i know that there's good in her i know that she's not an evil person um and especially like when for a good remainder of that season at the same time you kind of have the rangers being like Corone can't be saved she's evil now there's nothing you can really do about that and so it kind of becomes that like for most of the season it's that question of like can corone be saved yeah it's the question is kind of yes like she turns back into corone but again we don't really have any sort of character development about what happens after like she is once and for all corone now she's not turning back into astronomer because dark specter is dead
0: two things about that one i will say that uh dark specter kind of backfired on this method because she became so evil she was like i'm killing dark specter and taking over she was ready to like fucking backstab yeah her. the other is we will we will get to see that character growth because of actually some random happenstances some very tragic random happenstances but uh, that happened with the Lost Galaxy production. And right. And needing to bring the character back.
1: I- I'm aware from what you've told me. And we'll get more into it when we do our Lost Galaxy episode next month. Um, which also next month we're going to do our uh, episode of uh, the Boom Studios comic, The Psychopath as well. Uh, shout out to our friends at Boom Studios. But yeah, but for now with uh, or Corona- Astronoma, mostly Astronoma... Uh, Besides the plot lines of, is she really evil? Can't she be saved? Oh my god, that girl has some of the worst Party City wigs I've ever seen. And they have gone through it.
0: They were so bad. Yeah, th- those are like, those are Party City wigs that have seen, him sh- the seen some shit. She finally gets a better wig at the end of it, but it was kind of like a cosplay.com relic wig that had seen some shit and had some bad, like, cutting. Like, some, some kid bought a, a, a used cosplay.com wig and tried to cut the bangs and it didn't work. It's just like, why? Yeah, I feel like they, they just
1: picked a wig that was going to hold up a little bit better towards the end of the season. So that's why she kind of has this weird short red bob wig. Instead of, like, cycling through, like, five or, four, five or six different wigs that she did in the early part of the season.
0: It, it really says something that cosplayers who cosplay astronomer now have way better wigs.
1: Yeah, like, uh... We'll link it in the show notes, but I remember Jay sent me this, like, one cosplayer uh, who was cosplaying astronomer and her wig was such nice quality compared to, like, what they were willing to pay for on Power Rangers. Um, and, like, and as we mentioned, like, in the last part of the season, she kind of just becomes a Borg because I think it was Dark Honda who, like,
0: basically brainwashes her yet again i think darkonda brought them to dark specter yeah if i can remember correctly yeah
1: so but basically she gets like this like chip plugged into her brain and she essentially just kind of becomes a borg that's only controlled by like dark specter and darkonda and all of them so they 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 don't want to like risk the fact that she will like become good and run away back to the power rangers
0: yeah we have a door, who is a, essentially astronomer's evil dad.
1: Uh-huh. And um so yeah, he he's as we mentioned, he has big
0: extreme
1: X-energy with Darkonda because of it.
0: Yeah, they 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 definitely act like two divorced dads and it's just like I'm the one Darkonda didn't want anything to do with the child too. So it makes matters worse. Yeah, so like
1: so he, you see that he's he's kind of got that villain trope of like he's very serious about things but he has a very he has an extreme soft spot for astronomer. yeah um so he's like so he's very much treats her like a daughter and uh, it, it becomes a point of conflict even later in the season because like like he can't be like he can't have a soft spot for her like his daughter he is evil
0: yeah which it, that kind of made the dusting of him sad at the end. Right, it was just kind of like guess he wasn't human enough. Yeah, um,
1: we'll get to that with Zordon in just a moment. Um, but anyway, you made the joke that he Ecliptor was kind of like um, like the the like Song Sungwon Cho uh character that he did in one of his, like, vines back in the day. Oh, yeah, the, uh, the, like, the
0: mob hitman that was a good dad. Yeah, it's like, we have ways of you talk. <laughs> oh, Timmy, this is such a good finger painting! <laughs> or my favorite was like, I break his kneecaps, I don't care, I'm in the middle of a of teacher coffins. So if Timmy's enjoying finger painting, that's great! Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is a clip door. Pretty much. And uh, if someone ever did fan art based on that, I think I would die. (laughs) Which brings us to
0: Darkonda.
1: Oh my god, Darkonda is the worst.
0: He was the most evil dude. Really, everything he did was soaked in evil and awful. And he had nine lives, despite looking like a weird vagina Venus flytrap monster, and not like a cat he had nine lives and boy we hated it because we were like oh he died wait he's back
1: yeah and i think they just wrote that around the fact that like he like this i think this character blew up so many times in the sentai footage yeah so i don't know if it was a thing in the sentai footage that he had nine lives or like was it mega ranger that this was based on mega ranger yeah so i don't know if it was a mega ranger here, like this character had nine lives so therefore like he had to have nine lives in lost galaxy not lost galaxy had to have nine lives in uh in space or like it was just something that was decided within space but oh my god he kept blowing up but then he kept coming back and i was just like can you just die already you weird darth maul
0: looking vagina monster (laughs) and then he finally does die trying to kill dark specter very leeward jenkins yeah because he kind of
1: like he was wanting to kill dark specter get the drop on dark specter before astronomer did so that way he would be the supreme ruler of the universe but then like he think he succeeds and then like dark specter comes back and kind of eats him and then they both blow up in a final like wave of it's
0: evil <laughs> uh it was the dumbest death in power rangers for a villain
1: yeah and this is a very dumb series that we're dealing with
0: yeah it was just like i just remember it's like you know in space has a lot of neat things about it but like the death of dark specter and dark is one of the funniest things you will watch
1: yeah oh my god um, yeah, speaking of Dark Spectre, uh, so the, the vibe with Dark Spectre was just basically felt like, we paid for that Malagor costume and damn it, we're gonna use it? Pretty much! Because it's like, he looks exactly like Malagor from the Turbo movie.
0: Yeah, they just reused that costume because they must have paid a lot for that costume and then all they used it once. they were like, fuck. Well, we're, we're ending Power Rangers, so might as well. Right, makes sense. And, like, so they
1: set up, like, if you remember the end of Turbo last season, like, we, we know that, like, D. Like, there's this, like, Dark Spectre is supposed to be this being so evil that even Divatox fears him. And Divatox don't fear shit for the most part. Yep. So he's the head of the United Alliance of Evil. Uh, and they set him up to be this, like, super, like, evil being that everybody reports back to and everybody is cur- trying to curry favor with. And then, like,. You actually see him throughout the series, and he doesn't really do that much besides, like, yell orders at, like, his underlings.
0: Yeah, he just kind of sucks. He's underwhelming. Yeah, and then, like, again, with eating Darkada, he goes out like a bitch. <laughs> I just remember us watching that bit, and- I forgot how that, like, I forgot how all this happened, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's been a while, and I just, we both started, we're like, what the fuck, that's hilarious, just started laughing at that death.
1: Oh, it was, yeah, it was ridiculous. So, yeah, I, I would say characters that kind of get a little bit more screen time or at least a little bit more development, maybe, sort of, not really, because it's Power Rangers,
0: uh, than him or the Psycho Rangers. We'll get into more in- with them individually when we go over the graphic novel The Psychopath.
1: Yeah, so this is like, as you know, every season of Power Rangers up until this point has like an evil
0: Rangers arc or episode. And they make this point when they show up and they're like, we're better than you. We're faster than you. We're stronger than you. And we're evil. We're evil. (laughs) Like, they specifically say, and we're
1: evil. And it's like, oh my god, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. But, like, you know, they actually managed to use the... They finally managed to actually do the, like, the evil rangers plot in a way that, one, makes sense, but, two, actually makes them a threat beyond one episode. Yeah, it was a multi-episode threat. And, like, they don't defeat them in one go. Like, they have to slowly take them out, like, one by one.
0: And, you know, you you see, like, the dissension in the ranks every now and then, or teaming up and stuff. Like, the the Psycho Rangers actually go through being characters as opposed to, like, putty patrollers with Power Ranger powers and then a lobster.
1: Yeah, basically. And, like astronomer actually uses them as not just her plot to you know like, try to kill off the power rangers but also to like defeat dark specter and become the ultimate like ruler of all evil in the universe yeah um because she's using them to drain dark specter's power
0: which probably helped with dark specter blowing up from getting like from trying to eat dark Honda. yeah
1: pretty much um but as we said that they actually since this is a multi-episode arc, they actually end up giving the Power Rangers a challenge because they're not they are not creatures or people that can be easily defeated because they know
0: how the Rangers fight. Uh I would say it's like they like they even like built up to the point where they could start recognizing like they first started recognizing the communicator. Uh and that was like an interesting episode cuz like one of like this was like the beginning of like Cell phones having commute texting devices.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they kind of had like that sort of thing on the show. They gave out the same sound as communicator. So they were getting kind of confused and eventually got to the point where they could identify the Rangers' voices, which brought us the Silence is Golden episode.
1: Which is actually a very good episode, even if like. I wish they had taken on a little bit longer the whole like you need to be quiet or the Psycho Rangers will find you beyond like that like 5 minute chunk that was in the episode especially cuz it's like it did present them as a threat it's like you can't say anything you can't talk otherwise they're going to find you. Yeah. Um and eventually they were able to kind of exploit the like weaknesses um and like they were able to kind of take them out one by one until they were completely gone. Um, but it was, like, it's still, that was, like, it, it, it was nice to kind of see the rangers kind of, like, slowly figure, like, problem solve that, and, like, kind of that back and forth between the psychos and the power rangers. Um, it, it felt like there were actual stakes involved with a villain instead of just being, like, we put the, like, we had evil rangers made for one episode, whoopsie, they got
0: blown the fuck up. <laughs> or at the one point with the the Zed ones that mm-hmm. I, I remember was he brought up like a bunch of like evil teens and gave them really shitty costumes and the Power Rangers freed them and that was that.
1: Yeah. So it, w- it was nice to see that plot line, which they, they have loved for seasons on end now actually turn into something that was actually kind of um, interesting.
0: Uh, our final... Our final kind of touch-up on everything, uh, it was, because we can't go over all the villains. We're we're already getting, like, a pretty lengthy episode right now. So, it was just kind of touching up on the United Alliance of Evil. It's all the bad guys from the previous seasons. Uh, Diva Talks is shown the most. Viva la Diva! Viva la Diva! And uh, Zordon's kind of wave, as it's called uh, destroyed most of everybody, uh, but not Zed, Rita, and Divatox. They all became human. Divatox was like, I'm gorgeous! Yeah, so even as, like, a human who is now good, she's still obsessed with her own looks. Um, just, wow. The big thing that just, yeah, the big thing that made us wonder was, like, the Machine Empire were, were, like, blown up by Lord Zed at the end of, like, Mm-hmm. zeo and somehow the machine empire were able to reassemble themselves and be a threat in the season for the end episode
1: granted you only see them very briefly and i think you may see some of the cogs at one point but like other than that it's like okay the machine empire is there too uh which again i think also plays into the fact that like they thought that this was going to be the final season of power ranger so they, yeah. think they wanted to kind of include the machine empire even though it was like for like five seconds but yeah we, we jokingly called it the zordon's thanos snap because like most of the villains that are destroyed get turned into dust which is just
0: okay <laughs> yeah but our our favorite that we cheered and we actually rewind and watch three more times before actually like watching the rest of the episode was Elgar. Yeah, so special shout-out to Elgar finally fucking dying. Rest in fucking pieces, we hated you more than Goldar. What happened to Goldar and Rito anyway? Who
1: fucking cares? Well, uh, with that, let's move on to our odds and ends. And I guess kind of that immediate transition is of uh, about Zordon's death. And is Zordon a space racist?
0: Yeah, you know, a lot of people kind of let's go into the emotional thing about Zordon's death, which was he was the original mentor of the Power Rangers and everything and, you know, there there was kind of a connection there as a child. So I'm kinda of wondering, like, Ashley, what did you feel about Zordon dying? Because you're obviously not have nostalgia goggles on for this.
1: Yeah, I don't it was sort of a good way to kind of wrap things up, especially in the context of Like, especially knowing the context that they, like, the writers behind the scenes thought that this was going to be the last season of Power Rangers. Yeah. Uh, with that context, like, kind of wrapping that up and letting Zordon kind of make the heroic sacrifice, as it were, even though the one who has to actually carry out that sacrifice is Andros, um, you know, it kind of felt like a good way to kind of wrap that up and kind of put a nice bow on the series, without that con like but in the context of the fact that it's still like it kept going and it's still going it's kind of like
0: okay but why um but mix with power Rangers or canon yeah
1: um but otherwise it's like i just i don't have that much of a connection to zordon to really like feel emotion about him having to finally like
0: go away He was kind of a fishbowl man that you actually, like, ranted about in, like, the season three thing about, it's like, I didn't mean to deprive you of a life, and you're like, fuck you, Zordon. Yeah, because it's like, he's like, oh, I never
1: meant to deprive you guys of a normal life, but it's like, okay, but they have to basically be on call all 24-7, because you never know when there's gonna be a monster attack, and, like, they're, these are teenagers who are gonna be kind of be infinitely traumatized by the fact that they've been conscripted into war it may not be a, a traditional war that like we would think of here on earth but like especially it's implied in like you know gogo power rangers and like the gogo power rangers comic and the in the mighty morphin power rangers comics is that they it's like that this has been in like a centuries long war i mean, you know the 2017 MMPR movie as well this has been a centuries long war between like the the forces of good in the universe you know, like the power rangers zordon the alien rangers eltar whatever you know whatever you know characters that are supposed to be the ultimate forces of good that we've met over the series or in any various adaptations since and Rita zed machine empire any of these forces of evil that we meet so it's like okay so you said that you don't want to deprive the rangers of a normal life but you still have essentially made them teenage soldiers in an ongoing intergalactic war.
0: And like with Andros, you find out that cause Andros got his powers from Zordon. He's been doing it to other people. Yes. Especially. Yeah. Because
1: it's not the power Rangers of earth are not the only power Rangers in hell. Um, As we've like, as we, I know from the MMPR comics, which I still have to read. Um, but what I know from the MMPR comics is that the Ranger team from my Morphin Power Rangers is not the first Power Ranger team. Uh, there was a team in the 60s, at least. And then, so, the Power Rangers have, there's been various teens out there fighting the good fight for, like, centuries at this point. Yeah. And, you know, and as we know with, like, the Alien Rangers from, uh, Aquitar the alien rangers from Aquitar, the space rangers you know the power rangers on earth hell you c- i don't know how much like masked rider you can consider with how zordon blessed that power but you know we have other people in the universe from like Edenoi like fighting out there against the like you know the, yeah. the, the the darkness of the universe and it's just sort of like so how like how many people ultimately sort of have been recruited into this
0: uh, by by specifically Zordon. I was saying which Princess K kind of his his like second kind of like kind of the kill the feel good movement is the space racism. Which like the monsters were dusted. Even Ecliptor who's shown to had good in his heart. Right. Uh but some were just turned into humans. And it and and you see this throughout the series, uh, until you get to SPD, I feel like. We're like They'll have moments like with the bee story and everything. Like, did the bee get dusted? He was a good guy. Yeah. Um, Where it's like, humanoids are good in the Power Rangers universe, but monsters are fucking evil and will always be evil. And it, it's something I think we'll bring up, we'll touch back in Time Force. Mm hmm. With kind of that allegory falling to pieces, as much as I love Time Force. Yeah. But it's just something that's like, zordon favors humanoids and and like the blast cleansed people to be humanoids if they were dusted yeah so like logically i know that was probably
1: just a way to say like goodbye to like you know characters like divatox and rita and zed and i i would say like especially now that robert axelrod who played zed passed away like it was about i think last year
0: it was last year the year before yeah
1: seeing him like be zed as a human was actually very sweet uh in in hindsight but still it was just yeah it was weird that like so like the other monsters don't get turned good or you know become humans it's just, it's just these three humans, humanoids, humanoid aliens that were evil get, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but I also wonder, cause like by the time they filmed the finale,
0: did they know that they were getting a second season? Like that they were getting renewed? I believe so. Okay. But they've already, you know, written the finale. So they, they, you know. Okay. Cause it's like, I know that there's the whole thing with like, um, Rita
1: becoming the mystic mother. Yeah, that's a mystic force, though. Okay. So, we're a long way from that. Alright, then. So, whatever. Nothing makes sense. It's Power Rangers. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Zordon's a space racist, basically.
0: Zordon <laughs> is a war. I feel like that part, in, like, that unraveled where Mario's a war criminal.
1: Yeah, that's basically the conclusion we came to. It was just like, wait a second. So only the humanoid aliens get, like, get saved and redeemed. And all of, like, the ones that are, are like, look like monsters just fucking die.
0: <laughs> and then we have, like, the child soldier thing. Uh, I, you know, this is, this is kind of our unraveled bit of Zordon is, a war criminal. Yes, yeah, Zordon's
1: a war criminal.
0: Fuck. <laughs> um... Maybe that should have been the name of our episode. <laughs> It can still be the name of the episode. It's not like we posted it yet. It's true. Yeah, because I'm like I, I.
1: We'll talk about this while we're not recording.
0: Okay, but um, let's let's go on a lighter topic, which is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles New Mutation crossover, which was kind of like the big weird tra- one of the part of the big weird transition episodes from kind of the Turbo-esque episodes to what you see. Oh my god, this
1: episode was so fucking weird! Uh, Because it basically implied that, like, in the universe of Power Rangers, that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are, like, fictional characters. And it also implied in the universe of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is that the Power Rangers are fictional characters. So, they were both, when they both met, they were just like, Huh, you guys are real! And then, like, yeah. Oh my god. And then there's a whole thing where they turn the turtles evil... Well, on my day, I mean astronomer. Yeah.
0: It was just, I, what the fuck was this episode? It was, it was basically the episode was to launch the new mutation, which was a Subondone show Mm -hmm. and everything, but it just was, it was just this bizarre thing. Yeah, and also, like, the thing about, um...
1: Because they had a female turtle on the team. I think her name was Venus de Milo. Yes. And I know there's been a couple of, like, uh, female Ninja Turtles. Like, there's one in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic right now who was created by Sophie Campbell named Jessica. Um, but the thing about Venus is that she had this weird... We couldn't figure out if her accent was racist or not.
0: Yeah. Because it
1: sort of sounded like a stereotypical, like, Asian, quote, quote, accent... But we couldn't really put a pin in it either way. Um, And unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to read it um, before we recorded the episode just because I was working on Mask last night. Um, I did want to try to read the current MMPR Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles crossover that's going on with Boom right now. Which I think the fifth issue that's supposed to be coming out soon. I know they're slowly kind of rolling back into publishing uh, stuff in the middle of... uh, COVID-19 I feel like they kind of like it seems like that one's actually taking more of kind of a taking the ball and running with it with crossing over the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers versus like this fucking episode
0: yeah like like I remember when they uh put out like uh, sketches from it and character designs, like, you actually saw the Ninja Turtles as Power Rangers, and the Power Rangers had, like, Ninja Turtle outfits and stuff. It was cool! Yeah! This, well, this episode is just bizarre. Uh, it kind of was, like, the flavor of the first episodes of In Space, which were kind of, like, still trying to find its footing in terms of, like, writing, but still trying to hold on to Turbo for some reason Mm mm-hmm because it like this was the peak one of what the fuck but that was also like the grandma episode was there andros gets involved with car thieves uh there, there were all sorts of uh the diary episode there was just all sorts of weird episodes that came from this yeah um ultimately
1: though i would say that what's something that benefited the series uh was them dropping high school as like a scenery uh or as a central yeah oh yeah uh because the episodes didn't like there's like a couple of episodes early on where you saw that the rangers were still in school um but otherwise i think they ultimately decided it's like you know what just just forget having like school as like you know the central place where all these plots take place and just have it be about the rangers being well in space yeah and i think that ultimately benefited the series because it became less about like what high school shenanigans uh happen along with and how and how what what fighting monsters can teach them about these high school shenanigans and actually became like you know a coherent tv show about like you know, in this case, it's still, like, child soldiers in space, but, like, you know, it's still people going on... It's still, like, kind of a space opera of people going on missions and trying to save the universe.
0: Yeah. And, and uh, you don't really see high school as a... you really rarely, uh, since then, see high school as a backdrop. Um, like, you see it with Dino Thunder, which was kind of important, uh, where... It wasn't, like, school shenanigans you learn from, like, how do you deal with it learning from a monster mm-hmm. attack? It more had to do with the, like, plot that was going on with, like, Tommy coming back and being a teacher there and the, the principal being one of the villains and stuff like that. So it was kind of more of, like, teenagers with attitudes but actually, like, dealing with problems that might be going on with the school. And then there's Ninja Steel
1: and i know you hate ninja steel so let's not talk about it
0: (laughs) let's not talk about till we have to talk about ninja steel anyway um so in this season
1: did have like kind of the first time we've really seen well not the first time but like that we've seen we saw had a couple uh ranger returns but they were only really briefly ranger returns uh with adam and justin so Uh, Adam's episode felt like an old friend coming back, and Justin was kind of more to tie up a loose end of, like, of stuff left over from Turbo.
0: Yeah, like, what happened to Justin after the Rangers left? Like, they didn't, it wasn't like what they did with, um, Rangers in the past. Like, say, Rocky, where Rocky passed on his powers, showed up for graduation, and it just never seen again, never talked about again or anything. He shows up in Ninja Steel, that's it. Yeah um
1: so yeah it's something i did like especially about justin's episode even though i still do not like justin at all and and adam as well is kind of it drove home the whole mission uh, the whole lesson of once a ranger always a ranger yeah which especially when you get to like these late like as the series goes on past mighty uh mighty morphin um when you do have these ranger returns like i would even say like um jason coming back was also this um, is yeah. that, you know, you may not be on the main team of Power Rangers anymore. Your main job may no longer be, you know, help save the universe. But, you know, when it comes down to it, whoever was previously a Power Ranger is still a Power Ranger and will have your back. Uh, it's something that shows up with Power MMPR Pink. And Pink, it was, you know, a whole thing about, like, even though she only really gets her powers back briefly of, like, kimberly leading a ranger team with trini and zach yeah pink does it um i know that was a whole thing with shattered grid yeah uh with having all of like all of the rangers across universes come together to you know try to um save the universe
0: and then and you see it multiple times in like anniversary seasons or when they used to do team-up seasons uh team-up episodes and seasons you know it comes back. Again and again, once a ranger, always a ranger. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, that was nice to see, even though Justin had the stupidest haircut. It just became stupider! Yeah, I, like, the best way we could describe it, and this is going to be the most 2020 thing to say, so if you're listening to this episode years from now, um, hopefully you'll know what we mean by quarantine hair. But yeah, he had quarantine hair. Because it was kind of bulk cut still, but, like, kind of shaved in the back. We'll probably link a photo to it in the show notes, just to show how bad that haircut was. But it was bad.
0: I did not show a photo to Ashley. I just kind of warned her. It's like, Justin comes back, his hair is special, and she just... I don't know what you did, but you were kind of like, what the fuck? Yeah, I expected...
1: Okay, one, I expected it to be way worse than you were setting it up to be, but it was still really bad.
0: Are one of um kind of the things about science in this it it just don't expect Power Rangers to deliver hard sci-fi please never expect Power Rangers to deliver hard sci-fi yeah and for
1: pedants like uh Neil deGrasse Tyson um yeah they would definitely like die watching this season just you know have a total heart attack or or aneurysm and just fall
0: over and die we already went through the big one which dealt with like Sylvie uh Going through space on the astroglider without any protection or, like, air. Right. I, I know, I'm willing to hand wave
1: stuff in the name of science fiction a lot of the time, but that particular one just fucking killed me. <laughs> like, it's like, you can't, no, no, I can I can accept the rangers in their ranger suits going through space without any extra protection on their astrogliders, gliders. Because it's like, okay, well, you can at least maybe hand wave it that they get some, like, being Power Rangers, they get some extra protection from the suit. And, like, it allows them to go through space without, you know, getting, like, without immediately dying or getting sucked into, like, the vacuum of
0: space. Or, like, when you first see them on the Nasada ship walking around after it's in space, they have gravity. And you're like, okay, well, I guess Nasada has gravity technology.
1: Yeah, it's like you can maybe like hand wave that away and not worry about it too much, but just in the, there's sometimes there would just be things like Sylvie that would just make you go, No
0: It's not how space works How dare you? Yeah. That's kind of a small nitpick. So Power Rangers as a series has kind of a a Phoenix like quality to it, shall we say? A TNA quality, too, of where (laughs) it looks like it's about to fucking die, and then miraculously comes back to life. Uh, This was the first instance of that, where Turbo basically did well enough in the ratings to get the last season, which was In Space, but they were basically told by the network, after In Space No More... So, in space, the entire production w- revolved around this being the last season of Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. We're going to see this two more times. Makes sense.
1: <laughs> Knowing the weird football, at like, the history of Power Rangers getting tossed around like a football in terms of, like, as property. Makes sense that there's going to be multiple cancellation seasons.
0: Basically, in space did so well in getting people back into Power Rangers that, uh, they were like, okay, yeah, sure, you can continue, da-da-da-da, and then, like, mid-through the pre-production of Wild Forest Disney was like, it's ours now, fucker. Well <laughs> We'll get to that when we get to that. Yeah. By, like, which will be by
1: the end of this year, so, people listening to this, you don't have to wait very, very long for us to start getting into the end of the Saban era. Yeah. So, I guess sort of one of the last things we want to leave off on. Well, there's a couple of things, but they're small. Um, so, as we noted with the Phantom Ranger, he kind of shows up briefly in this season and they never really resolve what happened there. We talked about that at length in Turbo.
0: So, but we found out something <laughs> about the Phantom Ranger. Shout out to Cat Sunshine Moon, I think is what she normally goes by on um, Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. Uh, cuz she just like cuz she was listening to our
1: previous episode and was just like hey you want to know something about the phantom ranger and I'm just like always so in car ranger uh the, the mentor figure is like as sunshine moon described as a hilariously shitty goblin called Dapu and the picture they linked us to of Dapu is Dapu wearing a fucking Michael Jordan jersey because the 90s yeah as was the style at the time and I'm just going to read the tweet verbatim here. Near the end of Car Ranger, you find out VRV Master, Phantom Ranger suit, not considered a ranger in the Sentai, funnily enough, is Dapu's father. And underneath his helmet is just the exact same gremlin face, which act- retroactively undercuts 100% of his mystique. So... So, we're just... L- I want you read what you said. Um... And my response is, could you imagine if this baby Sinclair looking asshole was underneath that in turbo and Cassie had to immediately reevaluate her life? <laughs> we'll link to it in the show notes so you can actually see this weird gremlin creature. And we'll also link to the original thread, just so you can read our responses as well. But oh my god, yeah. So could you just imagine like just imagine if they had gone the route that like Car Ranger did? And turbo. hmm And Cassie takes off the helmet and there's this gremlin underneath it. And she just immediately like, puts it back on and is just like, Nope, nope.
0: Like, like takes a cold like several cold showers afterwards, and she's like, Why? Uh. uh the other the other strange shit post thing we want to talk about was we were watching towards the end of In Space, and uh as per Turbo, and I think it was also something they did in Zeo, was the credits would do these um the, the outtakes. Mm-hmm. Like, these outtakes that would happen. And so we're watching it and kind of taking it in. And all of a sudden, there's this, like, Dark Specter talks about astronomers Yeah,
1: astronomers cereal.
0: And we're just like, hold on, what? The evil part of your balanced breakfast or something. And we're like, yeah what the crap? And, like, they it wasn't just, like, a... You know, one like
1: a strong, uh, uh, not Astronomo. It wasn't just like Dark Spectre saying this randomly. No, they, somebody in the art department illustrated a full box of cereal with Astronomo's face on them, called and was labeled Astronomo's. I was, I was
0: like, what?
1: So somebody spent time on this, probably a couple of hours. Oh my god we'll like get to it i just wonder if that was maybe a joke within like the art department or something
0: and it just sort of trickled down it might have been because that's all I'll, that's how I'm, like that's the only way i can see like it making it in there was it was a joke in one of the departments
1: yeah that's i, I feel like that's the last thing we want to say We'll leave off with in space is just astronomers an evil part of your balanced breakfast
0: I will say, you know, if there's someone out there that wants to tell us a story and give us the Saban version of Sailor Moon, head us up. Yeah,
1: our, our email is rangersplain at gmail.com. We are open to any, like, random lost media that you have related to um, related to American tokusatsu and also any weird backstage stories that you might have. We are, you can remain completely anonymous. We just want that sweet, sweet gold.
0: Yes, but yeah, our let's talk about our final verdict for uh, in space, which we, we strongly recommend it. Yeah, this is where Power Rangers really starts to become a show instead of I am teenager, please give powers. And I feel like we're we've been going through a lot of sound of fury where Bulk and Skull, the two side characters, were the most developed in the story, and had a story whereas within space there's a clear story and a bill to the end of it it was it was very refreshing especially after we had a fun time with zio but then when we went to examine zio we realized zio just kind of didn't anything didn't have anything it had a lackluster ending on top of that and turbos turbo yeah um especially with like
1: this season compared to turbo it's almost night and day and i don't even know how they managed it I mean, it's not going to be a perfectly paced story, and we talked about, like, its problems at length at this podcast, but it does feel like In Space manages to actually follow an interesting plot while still keeping the Monster of the Week story we all know and well, know from Power Rangers. So, at, for the Zordon era, as it were, this is easily the best season of the Zordon era by far.
0: Yeah, like, go... go. Uh, If you haven't watched anything up to this point, you can always just... Read about it and go into it like you would a comic book. Uh, but yeah, just, just check out In Space. It's pretty solid. And the, the One of the, the only things I can say that I don't like about it is the fact the title of it is In Space.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's, it, it just feels such a, like a joke. Like, Power Rangers, In Space, space, space.
0: space. All right,
1: so that's going to be it for In Space. As always, we want to thank Joe Hunter for our sweet, sweet artwork that you see every time you download our episode. Uh, actually, if you could take some time to um, rate and review our episodes uh, wherever you listen to us, that would be fantastic. But again, thank you, Joe Hunter, for the art. Uh, you can find him on Threadless at Joe dot, joehunter.threadless.com on Instagram as Joe Bloody Hunter twitter as joe underscore hunter which is also his patreon uh you can also find his comic book beast heart strikers uh which he did with land Pitts um on comixology he like many other artists and um independent contractors as it were uh took a hit with the COVID 19 pandemic so please go reach out and support him we also have our amazing theme song by the one and only kate nix uh, she's on Twitter at I am IamKateNix. Uh, that's Nix uh, spelled like the goddess. So it's N-Y-X. Um, so, and if you go to katenix.com, they'll take you to her band camp, her merch, and also information about her streaming. Um, so as of this recording, she is taking a break. I think by the time this episode is out, she may be back. I don't know. I can't speak for that. Uh, but typically she has her lullaby lounge on Wednesday evenings at 8 p.m., uh, with her uh, family show Adventures in Fairy Delphia, Saturday afternoons at 3. So, and as always, we have uh, Kurt Yoder, who is our editor. Uh, so you can find Kurt online at Grace, Great SG Creations on Etsy. Uh, he's got plenty of Pokemon Perlers that he needs to sell um, because he made them for cons, and cons are now canceled. And then, as always, we have our wrestler of the podcast, and this week it is our favorite alien, uh, with her 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 way of communication through nose boops, uh, Chris Statlander, who is uh, currently wrestling for AEW. Um, you can also find a bunch of her stuff with Beyond on IWTV if you find it. She is amazing. She is one of my favorite, uh, not just women wrestlers, but wrestlers currently running right now. Yeah, Chris Statlander is on Twitter at Call Me Chris Stat, and that's Chris with a K. Uh, she also has, like any other wrestler, right now. She uh, she's also on Instagram under calling Me Chris Stat. But like any other wrestler, she also has a um, a shop available through Pro Wrestling Tees. So uh, go and check her out, buy some T-shirts, uh, support your your fellow wrestlers or you know your fellow artists through this, this pandemic. For us, you can find us online. I you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at, at Miss Kitty F uh gum road is gonna be um ashley Leckwold on gum road i do tarot readings but i haven't updated my tarot um blogs or stuff in a while right now i'm mostly focusing on making masks so if you need if you need a cloth mask
0: right now uh dm me uh
1: i will i will get you hooked up with that
0: i can be found on instagram at j jackets but also my cat's instagram witchcraft in cats uh that's in uh, like the letter N, not and. I am also on Twitter as Sins2, the n- uh, number 2 hell. Uh, we have already saw where the Etsy is. I sometimes help with Perla Creations. And my gummer is JSSWrites87.
1: All right. And then for us, or the podcast in general, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at, at Rangersplain. Same for Patreon, which we, we keep saying we need to use more often and maybe we'll actually update it. And, of course, our WordPress is uh, rangersplain.wordpress.com. And so that's it for Power Rangers in Space. Tune in next time as we continue the space theme in, in a galaxy far, far away. That's right. It's Lost Galaxy. Stay safe and may the power protect you. Go. Go. Rangers